Hi there, Jocelyn Yagusi here and welcome to Impact Chronicles, a platform where we explore the world of social impact, innovation and entrepreneurship in the African context. Today we focus on yet another green company. Mr. Green Africa is a recycling company that uses technology to trade recycled materials while achieving tangible social and environmental impact. I spoke to co-founder Kira Nicholas-Smith on the work the social enterprise is doing in Kenya. So why Kenya? Kenya is a really amazing country. And the first time I came to Kenya in 2012 was, was through a friend, an acquaintance that I knew who, who went back to Kenya. And he invited me to, to just tag along. So I took that opportunity. And I think, you know, the, the way in Europe, how Africa is being perceived through the media outlets, you know, is obviously always more with like the challenges than the positive aspects of the various countries. And I think that 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 perception was completely changed for me from all aspects, you know. Uh, and so I was so positively uh, amazed about the country, the people, the opportunities from a business perspective. So that, yeah, I started doing some more research in Kenya and I kind of landed in Kenya because Kenya seems to be one of those countries that are um, fast uh, progressing from a, from a digital point of view, but also from a, from a bureaucracy point of view and, and, and so on. So I think that made me remain or stay in Kenya uh, versus going to other or trying to do more research in other African countries when it came down to building the Mr. Green Africa model that, that we know today. How did the Mr. Green Africa model come to be? What triggered you to then start a company such as this one? I think I have to loop back real quick because my education is coming from a banking banking background. I had a normal education in Switzerland and was able to go through their normal educational path. However, I was able to start a business already in Switzerland. Long story short, I was exposed to the recycling sector. And now I was exposed and realizing in a light bulb moment that the stuff, our waste that we throw or the recyclable waste that we throw is a resource. Yeah. And I had that knowledge. So when I first time came to Kenya, one of the things that I obviously saw that was evident is a lot of resources lying around. And when you dig in deeper, you realize that there's an informal market already engaged into that sort of unlocked potential of these resources. Unfortunately, that, that informal market that was engaged in creating a livelihood out of it was not really getting the most benefit from it in like any other value chain, like similar to banana, tea and coffee, where we're like the smallholder farmers who add the most value usually get least. And it's very similar conditions you, I was able to find in, the, in that plastic waste value chain. So it was very clear that we wanted to make sure that if we come with a business model, that we have an inclusive approach towards those those groups of suppliers or, or in, in the individuals that they can be part of a more formal system. Right? That was one. And then the second pillar was about the sophistication level of processing or value addition of that plastic waste, converting it into something more valuable than the current market is doing. And I think that led us to focusing a little bit on that. What is the future of plastic? How can you convert that plastic waste into its highest possible form? And again, keeping the mindset around not extracting a resource, how it's typically be done, being done with commodities out of Africa, and then do the validation somewhere else. No, we want to keep the validation within the country um, where we operate. And so those, fusing those two together is 
the, the blueprint of that business model as we know today, that we always compare it with, with the fair trade value chain that you have in banana, tea, coffee, and, and cacao value chains, where you have full traceability and an empowerment to those smallholder farmers. We applied that concept to plastic waste. And our smallholder farmers are waste pickers, who instead of harvesting seasonal, they harvest everything. How has the reception been from the community and the powers that be per se in Africa regarding your your projects? Uh, yeah, I think I mean we're still early stage, I would say, you know. Um, but I think we're we're part of those communities by now, so we're now operating four years plus, right? Um, the first year when we started in 2014 was really just about exploring and, and, and building the model as we know it today. But I think by now we're really part of that community and, and we thrive to create a win-win situation. We constantly thrive, remove inefficiencies, empower our suppliers and allow them to transition out of their poverty, below the poverty level. Yeah, so I think it's been perceived really well so far. So can you please take me through the process? Once someone brings the waste, what happens? Yeah, so we have a decentral system where we have kind of like buyback centers across the city of Nairobi. And we have employees that run those centers. What happens to the suppliers is they come with their materials that they have been able to collect uh, throughout the day or the week or however they have aggregated it. Um, and then they bring it to those centers and uh, we select the materials and then we weigh what we have selected because we don't buy all types of plastics. We only buy very specific types of plastics, mainly from the post-consumption. And, and those plastics, then they get weighed and we pay them, right? And we've also, in addition, we've put a technology layer on top of all this um, where we sort of have a much more efficient and traceable transaction that allows us to know who's, which supplier has brought what, when, etc., which type of material. And, and then from there on, it starts within the Mr. Green Africa process where uh, the material gets, gets, gets sorted and it gets transported to our main factory and there we process it into a higher uh, value product. Yeah? And, and it's a washing, a rigorous washing and, and uh, shredding process that happens. And then with that raw material that is now sort of clean, that can be now used again back into products, uh, plastic products. Very typical plastic products could be Again, chairs and crates, or it could be like bins, ba basins, buckets, etc., etc. That can be sort of um, reprocessed back into a purpose, right? So it's kind of like the first step towards a more circular value chain of plastic, right? Um, as we know today, it's very linear. And what we want to create is a circular economy, right? So that's a contribution to that. And when we, when we forward a little bit into the future, what we aim to do is we want to bring that material back into the bottles that we collect, right? so, have, so have a full cycle of the materials. So your business model, it seems very clear. What have your revenue projections been? Have you met them? I mean, like it is in any business, you never meet your projections. Uh, so Absolutely. Um, obviously it, takes, it always takes more time uh, to do what we want to do. But I think it's, it's, it's from a volume perspective, it's from a from a success from the business KPI perspective, I think we're really well on track and, and, and sort of we're also experiencing a boost on this whole ecosystem that is coming along, you know. So you have to imagine that when we started, there was no conversation about circular economy and there was no conversation about using recycled material in packaging. 
for the consumer, right? That that really just evolved around 2016, 2017 when it became like really relevant where the big brands like Unilever, like Coca-Cola, and all the big guys have committed to the world that they will use recycled material in their packaging to be more sustainable and environmentally uh, impactful and conscious. And that completely shifted that our model to the forefront of how you do that in the emerging markets. So it, it's not so much of what is I mean, of course, it matters what is now now, but it's, it's more so what we're actually going to be able to enable our partners to get done and how, how we can turn this into a, a win situation to that informal market that has been there all along. Because as, as people are discussing solutions, etc., most of the times they always forget about the people who have already been in that market, which is this informal market the waste pickers. So I think the beauty in our model is is that we have this triple bottom uh, line, the, the, the social aspect where we bring the narrative of, okay, we can use recycled material in packaging, but where is this recycled material coming from? We have the traceability and we have that social component that empowers that type of group of people. That's one. And the second one is the environmental aspect, just by recycling and creating a more circular plastic, it contributes to that model. And we trade that commodity for, with a profit. Right? So that is also the, the economic side. So those three are one of the business models of the future where you have to combine those three to be truly successful and sustainable as a business. What in your experience has been the biggest difference between running an enterprise in Kenya and running an enterprise in Europe? Let's just talk about running an enterprise in, in the world. It's the same journey. When you start something from zero, you have the same journey, right? So that doesn't matter where you are. What you do have to mind is your environment, the people around you. How do we communicate? How do we motivate each other? How do we work with each other? That is for, for every context. I would even argue within a country is different. You know, even within Switzerland, the way people from Zurich and the way people from Geneva do business is different in its business culture. So you can only be successful if you understand the context in, in where you're operating. With. How big is your team? We're roughly 100 employees and sort of the management team currently exists roughly from five people. Wow, and you're the, you're the founder. Well, co-founder and CEO. So my business partner who started early with me, his name is Karim. Uh, so he, he, he started with me. So it was me and him who started. And uh, it's, it's me who came, who, who basically quit the job at the bank, who came to Kenya to start it all on, on the ground. So can we go back to those early days when it was still ideation? What were the biggest lessons for you during that time? Well, <laughs> I think it's just very basic. It's like you just have to do yeah. in order to find out all your assumptions. Just start somewhere. Get started as soon as possible. Um, you can think and try to find information, fragmented information, and try to connect those dots. Forget about it. Just start, and that's how you can have a real sense of how things work and if there's a true opportunity or not, or what are the barriers to unlock the opportunities, etc. That's that's it's like learning by doing. I think that's the key, especially in those early days. As an enterprise, what is the future for Mr. Green? I think there are multiple moving parts for a successful future that, that can play and, and even, I would say, influence where the future is heading. You know, So uh, as I mentioned, we're at the forefront, right? Especially when you think of an emerging market context, this full integration in the value chain, this inclusion of the informal market to formalize them and to, to obviously better their livelihoods and make them truly part of a, of a supply chain that will become very, very important. And the, the fact that this demand for this high quality recycled material is growing rapidly, linking all these sort of moving parts into one model within an emerging market context. I think creating that blueprint and showing the world how it's being done, that's what 
what we aim to do here, right, uh, as, a, as a company and as an enterprise. So nailing down those various parts of the business to showcase that, you know, number one, being a profitable business is, is a key. But then also it's just showing it from a, from a value chain, from a scale perspective, um, managing those, those various business, business metrics, um, and merging them into all one model. I think that's, that's sort of the beauty of what we want. Yeah. The beauty of doing business with this triple bottom line and, and, and showing that it is possible because there's a lot of skepticism against it. And I think we're, we're not too far to prove uh, that it can work. And so this is really what the future is. And then obviously trying to replicate that system, that, that systematic changing of the game, as we call it usually, in that landscape. So us coming to Harare, us going to Uganda, uh, Kampala, um, us, us replicating the same in Tanzania, working with different partners who want to do in other parts of, of the world, want to do something similar and not want to spend five, six years to establish that model, uh, rather want to accelerate that process. We want to be part of that. So that's really the future. And I think linking those, that hardware, with this very physical supply chain component with software component that, that is using tech that enables that to do that efficiently, I think is, is what we want to create and show in the physical world that it's working. Because usually different people or different enterprises approach it differently. First come with the tech and then try to go into the physical world. We first went into the physical world and now uh, want to leverage tech to enable us to do it at scale. So I think that's really the future of where we're heading as a business. What have been the highlights in your journey so far as an enterprise? Oh, there's so many. I think the, the fact that we were able to crack sustainability from a unit economic perspective, I think that is a, a great highlight that we were able to celebrate in the early days. That we, we're onto something. That's one. Second is definitely being able to you know attract talent build the team around it and get others to join in and work towards the same goal it's also a big highlight and as we are on this journey you know everyone is committed to grow and learn etc another big highlight i would say that is that we were able to connect and partner up with big corporate unilever in the very early days of the company that allowed us together to you know build trust build interaction engagement touch points and, and create a bigger vision together where where we're now at a point that we actually will launch soon a product that has our recycled material in that in their packaging here in Kenya. So a locally sourced, locally processed, and locally back sold packaging back into that local market is, is sort of the dream come true, right? And, and, and showcasing that with such a big player is is tremendous. And you know, just getting all that attention as well from uh, acknowledgement from the people in this space that that want to do something and that are looking for solutions. Um, we truly became a thought leader, you know, not just in a Kenyan context, I would even argue thought leader in a, in a, in a global emerging market context. So I think those, those are all facts and highlights worthwhile to point out and mention. How important have partnerships been in your evolution as a business? Yeah, I mean, super important. I think, you know, the future is collaboration, doing business, focusing on your core and collaborate with like-minded organizations, people to get there quicker uh, in terms of the vision. And especially when, when we talk about environmental and social um, aspects, I think there is there is there is no reason why we should take longer to remove those barriers and solve those problems, you know. And and if and together we can accelerate those things. If everyone is putting their key strength on the table, I think we can get there quicker. And so that's I think what collaboration can do. And so this is very much in our spirit as well to to collaborate wherever it does make sense and where we can sort of create win-win towards all types of stakeholders, not just big corporates also when we speak of our suppliers also when we speak of our employees also when we speak about about our the people who buy our material right the, the resource the raw material that they want to use in their products 
all those things I think is super super important to, to be transparent and, and, and open to achieve that quickly. What lessons have you learned from the informal sector that you have then implemented for your enterprise? Well, that's a good question. Well, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the stigmatization of the, the informal market, right? Um, that the, the perception like it's not reliable, it's not, yeah, it's so difficult, it's inconsistent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think the main reason what we what we learned is ask ourselves why. Right? And it's not because they're bad people. They're just human beings, sometimes even more smart than anyone else of, of, of just the corporate world who try to make a living for themselves. However, they have tremendous constraints. They don't have the same starting point. And I think if you understand that, you learn how you can approach the way to make a business interaction or a business relationship work from day one. I think that's one of the, the keys that I found that we were able to realize in the early days because our model is dependent on the success of that sector. Right. So if they're successful, we can be successful. So it is in our true interest to make sure that we create a true win-win. Look at them as a key customer. And if you want to understand your key customer, you take that time and you speak their language and you respect their, their situations and their starting points. So I think that's the key learning that we were able to, to take and hopefully continue to have uh, within us as we grow and as we move on. Lastly, what advice do you have for aspiring social entrepreneurs? Well, I think definitely being a aware that it is a journey so enjoying enjoying that journey as much as yeah focusing on that those little steps within and not not make everything dependable on that big vision or or the ultimate goal because it's the journey that counts and the, the resilience that you need to bring to the table as you move along you know there will be challenges and and the best way for me on how to tackle challenges i think is is being really, really well aware of, 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 of your own value system, right? And creating that value system within that social enterprise. Because that, when it comes to making tough decisions for the business, for yourself, um, this value system can be this guiding force in making the right decision or the most sustainable decision. So, and, and, and creating that value system is for yourself or for your organization is not easy it's very long can take long it's not just a bunch of nice buzzwords it's about truly understanding yourself truly understanding the dna of the business that is there and and linking that to the vision and combining that all together in, in one system and, and that that takes time and i would advise to take that take that time really early on because to me i think maybe two years in i started looking at that more closely and it took me much much longer to establish that uh, i think uh, being aware of that can save a lot of time and, and a lot of wrong decisions everyone has his own journey um every yeah. business has its own journey so it's really just focusing on your own journey and figuring that out versus trying to compare and, and see you can be inspired by other people's journeys right but in the end you mm -hmm. have to define your own Here's hoping you enjoyed today's episode. We would love for you to join us again. But in the meantime, follow us on social media, subscribe to our newsletter, and spread the word. Till next time, bye.